What brings a community together? Shared insights? Shared conversations? Welcome to Open Door by Cox Communities, tackling the big questions on the minds of smart community business leaders. Welcome back to Open Door by Cox Communities, where we're providing information for you to consider when making decisions for your multifamily communities. Discover the latest trends and technologies that are making some multifamily business owners stand out. I'm your host, Bess Friedman, CEO of Brown Harris Stevens. Today, we're discussing the property-wide managed Wi-Fi evolution and why big owners and operators are taking notice and taking action. Joining us to speak is the president and CEO at Realtycom Partners, Rush Blakely. Well, welcome, Rush. Nice to have you. Nice to be here, Beth. Thank you. So, Rush, we're going to jump right in. Why don't you tell us about some of the work that you're doing at Realtycom Partners? Yeah, thank you. So first and foremost, Realtycom is a telecom and technology consulting firm. And we work with about 150 clients that collectively own about 700,000 units. We also work with a set of developers where we're active on about 180 new builds. And we work with our clients to help them navigate and solve for best-in-class telecom solutions for their residents and for their common areas. And currently we have a team of about 36 telecom experts and we've been in business for 15 years. Wow. Well, broadly, what are the average Wi-Fi needs and expectations of residents today? Well, yeah, what's important for apartment renters is having Wi-Fi that is on when they move in, that it's always on, it's reliable, serves their particular needs depending upon what the type of property is, conventional student, what have you, remote first workforce, et cetera, allows for Wi-Fi calling to solve for cell signal issues. And I think price comes in there too. And I don't think, you know, it has to be a good value, but I don't think price is number one. I think being on and always on is number one. So Rush, what are some of the differences between modem-based bulk internet and managed property-wide Wi-Fi? So to set the stage, traditional modem-based bulk internet requires that a resident get a piece of equipment, the modem, as you put it, in their unit. And pre-COVID, primarily that would have been a professional install. With COVID, primarily that was being mailed to them or being picked up in a retail store and self-installed. And so as you can see there, there's a gap uh, between the time they move in and they get their service. There could also be some issues or service degradation due to Wi-Fi channel interference between multiple modems in close proximity. A managed property-wide Wi-Fi, the keyword there being managed, number one, it's a network that's managed together, but the devices are pre-installed, either on a new construction pre-installed during the last part of construction, generally before the walk, and then in an existing community pre-installed either at one time with limited uh, impact to residents or during lease turn. And so with that, service is on when the resident gets their credentials and go to their unit. So that gap is eliminated completely. But also, as I mentioned, the network is managed. And so it's secure network. It can follow the resident as they go 
two floors down to their friend's apartment or to the pool or other common areas. And lastly, I would say that in the the, the big difference from the owner perspective is a managed property-wide Wi-Fi is an owner-controlled network. Modem based bulk is a provider-controlled network. So the owner does not have control over the modems and the units in that first example. It's very difficult to use that for IoT or smart apartment, but with an owner-controlled network managed Wi-Fi, they can leverage that in the unit for IoT or smart apartment devices. This is a novice question, but does the quality of the Wi-Fi vary with either of these packages or all the same? I would say that all else being equal, the quality in the unit is going to be the same. Again, there can be some signal degradation due to multiple Wi-Fi networks being non-managed close to each other, but all else equal, it can be the same. But I think the move-in experience, the resident experience for getting there and having it on immediately is a huge difference. And from the owner perspective, in the modem baseball, that internet is turned on and turned off at every lease turn. And so the owner loses the ability to control thermostats when the resident moves out and turn the temperature up or down, whatever the case may be. I think that's such a nice plus for the tenants to be able to move into their new home and have everything ready to go. So, because typically I'm here in New York City, you usually have your provider come and you get the modem and you set it up. And when you have problems, it's very particular to whatever you have. This seems like a more universal approach, which I think can be very, makes it easier, I think. And it's a time save. Yeah, it certainly is. There's a lot of decision-making that has to come on the front end of that type of deployment, but it does eliminate some of the friction that can happen during a moving process. That's for sure. So Rush, what does this look like from the resident and owner perspectives? Great question. So as I mentioned earlier, having the service on immediately when you get your credentials, generally from the leasing office, once you sign your lease, it's on immediately. It's always on. It follows you throughout the property. It's also a secure network that's for you. And as I mentioned earlier, if you are leveraging Wi-Fi calling on your mobile device, you are eliminating cell signal issues that exist, not only in mid-rise and high-rise, but also sometimes in garden-style communities. From the owner perspective, as I mentioned earlier, it's an owner-controlled network. So the benefits are many, including expense savings from the owner using that network for the leasing office to efficiency, setting up hidden SSIDs for their staff, like maintenance to use throughout the community for smart apartment, for audio, visual, et cetera. I think lastly is revenue. I do not think this should ever be the primary driver. However, in general, owners can buy at a lower bulk rate and resell to residents and make more money than traditional revenue share agreements. So Rush, how does it enhance the resident experience? As I mentioned earlier, when you get your credentials, when you when you sign your lease, it's an always-on, instant-on experience. The moment you move in, you have your service. It eliminates a lot of that friction that you talked about in your experience in New York and in most parts of the country where you're having to sign up for service and you have a gap. You are able to use that service not only in your units, but also in your friends' units or in the common area without having to ask for Wi-Fi codes, without having to worry about security. And then lastly, if you're leveraging Wi-Fi calling on your mobile device, you can eliminate cell signal issues that exist in a lot of communities today. Well, over the last several months, you've spoken on a number of panels. 
Can you talk about why owners and developers are switching to buying internet in bulk? And what do you think has caused this major shift? I think a number of things. First, in the student housing world, property-wide Wi-Fi has been table stakes for quite a long time. And as those students graduate, get into the workforce and start looking for apartments, they're looking for amenities like what they've had before. Second, internet has become the fourth utility and brand name awareness or the requirement for brand name awareness has lessened as residents really want fast, reliable internet that's always on and are less worried about where they get that from. Third, the desire to boost internet speeds and accommodate you know, the work from home revolution is key. And lastly, as I mentioned earlier, the owner-owned networks offer several benefits to owners that we've talked about earlier. So I think those are some of the key reasons why this is very common now. What are some of the structural challenges to implementing the switch? A successful deployment definitely takes planning. For new construction projects, advanced planning is required as the low voltage infrastructure is quite different from that two or three provider choice model versus a single provider managed Wi-Fi. For existing communities, you need to first understand the lay of the land from what infrastructure is in place, what providers are currently serving your property, what agreements they have and what those say to then understand what your solution set can look like and then also pick your providers and go out to bid. There can be capital contributions that are required from owners, although not always is the case. And then ultimately making sure that the providers you're asking to bid on your project are well-funded, have significant amounts of experience with your type of property and deployment. And lastly, getting a clear scope of work and bill of materials so you understand what the deployment will look like, what type of equipment they're going to be deploying, whether it's Wi-Fi 6, which is the the typical requirements that we have today, or some other type of Wi-Fi, and then where those access points will be installed and how they will get them installed, especially on existing property and how the impact might be on existing residents. What does switching to manage property-wide Wi-Fi solutions mean for rent premiums and IOT connectivity? So ultimately each property owner will have to decide what they're going to charge their residents, whether they charge them through an amenity fee or whether they boil it into the rent. However, there are a number of good case studies out there that bolster the case for charging residents. And we do have clients that are both including that in rent or including it in an amenity charge or eating that all together as an amenity for their residents. From there, Picking a price that provides good value to the residents, typically a little bit lower than what the market rate would be for that service on a retail basis, but also gives you good cash flow over and above what you're paying in a bulk rate. Regarding the IoT connectivity, there's no doubt that this owner-controlled network is the foundation for deploying things like IoT you have the network, it's always on when the resident moves out. If you've got this through your property management system, otherwise you can do it manually to where the resident moves out, the thermostats are changed, the lights are changed, et cetera. But it's not only the the foundation for that, it's the foundation for other prop tech that could be coming down the, the pike in the future. And what does the switch mean from a security perspective, both for the owner and for the resident? The networks that are being installed by qualified providers today provide a secure VLAN for residents to use 
once they get their credentials, they sign in. They don't have to worry about entering codes anymore, but that's going to follow them throughout the property. So they have a secure connection to their devices as well as to the internet. But it's also key to choose a knowledgeable telecom attorney that can prepare the agreement so that the owner has protections. Some of the things that concern me that are being included in agreements that our attorneys are working on are law enforcement or digital rights compliance. We've had cases in unmanaged communities where owners have gotten subpoenas, and you just want to make sure that the provider is on the hook for those. The provider has acceptable use provisions that the residents are agreeing to, and they're going to be the ones that have to answer subpoenas for you know who was using the internet at this MAC address at this time last Wednesday. But ultimately, I think picking qualified, well-funded providers and ensuring that a knowledgeable telecom attorney prepares your agreements is key. So how would you suggest that a multifamily business owner evaluate whether or not they should make the switch? Well, I think an owner first needs to understand what their desired use case is. As I mentioned earlier, in a new build, that starts with a design intent long before you have low voltage plans drawn up, ensuring that the network that ultimately gets installed will meet the needs of the owner, the residents, and the provider. In existing communities, as I mentioned earlier, an owner should first understand the lay of the land, what the providers are, what the infrastructure is, what the existing contracts say. That's the best first step to understanding what your options might be. And this is especially important in existing communities. And then ultimately, you take that to bid. But despite its popularity and the resident benefits and the owner benefits, which are clear, managed Wi-Fi is not necessarily going to be the solution that works for every property or property owner. And that's fine. There's no one size fits all. There are many use cases why a choice deployment might make more sense. And ultimately, that's why Realtycom is here to help help the owner decide on what their strategies are going to be and ultimately help them implement them. Would you say, Rush, that during the pandemic that this intensified because so many people were working from home and that switch, it seems like, is sticking in some industries? Yeah, I would. It's not the only reason why it's intensified. We had a lot of properties that were just focused on increasing speeds when they had bulk. They weren't necessarily worried about moving from modem-based bulk to managed Wi-Fi. But as you mentioned earlier, this is there are you know at least one panel at every conference that that we go to and our clients go to and providers go to and and they're always having opportunities to learn more about this. And I think also more and more comps, especially new new build comps, are providing this service. Currently in our 180 or 190 new builds, it's about about 40% of them are doing managed Wi-Fi. But again, there's no one size fits all. And the decision ultimately is going to come down to the owner and what their their use case is. Rush, as we come to a close, what are the types of providers that your clients are asking for? It really comes into two camps, what I call either franchise providers or ISPs. And franchise providers are the ones you think of, the phone companies, the cable companies that serve in your communities today. They have lines running all through the underground. So they are on network already. All they have to do is connect to your community, uh, install devices, and the the internet is already there. Versus ISPs that can serve virtually anywhere throughout the United States, but have no network underground or limited network underground. And generally they're having to lease 
dark or lit fiber from a carry that's nearby to be able to serve the property. And both types of providers can provide managed Wi-Fi. Again, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, you want to choose a provider that has tons of experience doing this. And a lot of the major franchise providers do, a lot of the ISPs do as well. There should not be a concern with an ISP that has to get services from a leased circuit. That's typical. And there are really no key differences between the two in how the managed Wi-Fi is deployed. In fact, when we put out an RFP to multiple providers, we're telling them exactly what the network component should be, the type of access point, the locations of the access points. So when we get back proposals from five or six providers, they're all apples to apples and they're meeting the needs, not only of what was specced out in the plans of its new build or, or will meet the needs of the network that the owner has decided they want to deploy. Well, thank you so much, Rush, for being here today and adding so much insightful information about Wi-Fi and the providers. And just thank you. Thank you for everything. My pleasure, Beth. Happy to be here. And uh, this is a, a great topic that we get a lot of interest from our clients on. So happy that you're covering it. Great. Have a good day. You as well. Thanks again to Rush Blakely for being on the show today and discussing the property-wide managed Wi-Fi evolution and why developers are taking notice. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate and leave a review. Thanks again for listening. I'm Bess Friedman, and this has been Open Door, brought to you by Cox Communities.